for today, I wanted to start by asking if anyone, um, if anyone here in the theater, but also if you're, if you are uh, joining online and you're in Discord, is anyone familiar with Daniel Simon's Invisible Gorilla study? Anyone know about that? Oh, oh yeah, there's some hands over there, yeah. Uh, yeah, oh, and some hands over here. Okay, great. So if you know, well, actually, even if you don't know about it, I've called it the Invisible Gorilla Study, so you've already been like, you, it's not gonna work on you, but I'll show you what I mean. So I'm gonna put it on the screen here for a second here. Uh, this is only like 25 seconds long. Um, participants are shown this video of two teams passing basketballs to each other while moving around. There's one team in black shirts, uh, there's one team in white shirts, right? And then they are told to count how many passes the white team makes. And at the end, they're asked the question, how many passes did you count? But then they're also asked, but did you notice the gorilla? Because I think everybody did notice the gorilla, right? Yeah, did everybody see it? Yep, okay, good, yeah. So you noticed the gorilla because I ruined it ahead of time. But here's, so here's the interesting thing. When they first did this study, this is astonishing half of the participants didn't see the gorilla. Isn't that amazing? Half, right? Like that's why this study got some, uh, some play when it first came out. It shows the power of, uh, and, and the limits of attention, right? You can, you can be so focused on one thing that you miss something else, or you can be, I don't know, so like a, the, the, the idea that you could see everything is, is a fantasy, right? Because we, we really see the limits here. Um, yeah. We, we, we can even miss a gorilla, a person in a gorilla suit who goes like this for the camera, right? Um, so I heard about this from somebody who suggested it as a great analogy for experience of God in the modern world. That the, the default setting of modern life can leave us easily missing the gorilla that is God. Life in the modern world is characterized by the fact that, you know, Day in, day out, we have, we have work or school, grocery stores, social life. Maybe we have kids or family, hobbies and entertainment. It is just endless things, and it is so easy to forget to attend to or even consider that, you know, whether there is some transcendent quality to life, right? Because there's so much just constantly bringing us from one thing to the next, the next, the next. It's easy to forget. And you're not a bad person if you forget. You're not a bad Christian, if that's a term that's been thrown at you before. If you find yourself sometimes easily forgetting to consider to pray or think about God, that's part of being alive in our culture, uh, the sociologist, the brilliant sociologist, Charles Taylor, says that this is not because transcendence or God has been subtracted from life, as though we're like morally depraved or, you know, we've forsaken God. That, that's, a, that's a cheap way to tell the story of how we got to where we are in the modern world. Rather, Taylor, this guy argues that modern life has added so many things. It's not a subtraction of God. It's the fact that modern life has added so many other things that we have to pay attention to. And that's why it's easy for us to forget. We have bank accounts to watch. Do you know, most of us have like multiple like bank accounts. And if you've ever gotten a, like a job that like provides you a retirement account and you're like, I don't even know what that is. Is that a bank account? I'm not sure what I do with that thing. Like, I can't touch it, but supposedly it's money and it's mine. What? I don't... They send me, like, these, these like, updates, and I'm like, like, six of the pages are legalese in, like, type 9 font, and then there's, like, one page that supposedly tells me the update. I'm, I don't know what's going on. What is happening, right? There's so many things to pay attention to. So much text on that page that I just throw into the recycling because I don't care. 
We have demands to meet. We have, we have content to consume. Have you seen the bear yet? Because everybody's talking about the bear season two? No, I haven't. And I really need to watch it because otherwise I can't participate in those conversations. Ah, I can't participate in those conversations. Am I a bad human being? Right? There's so many things we have to pay attention to. We have, we have an image to curate. We have constant change to keep up with. The overriding experience of all of these additional things that modern people like us have to pay attention to is pressure and exhaustion, right? Because there's so many things. And the negative consequence of that is that higher values like love of neighbor, self-sacrifice, resisting injustice, those things no longer animate us, they overwhelm us. They become just another thing that we have to do. Demonstrating all the more the allure of Jesus' experience of transcendence, the connection with God that he described as, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That just, oh my gosh, like I just hear that and I'm like, is that possible? <laughs> because if it is, that is what I want to set my like, compass toward. So we're going to spend these next three remaining Sundays. In August, we're going to talk about prayer practices that can help improve our abilities in this world where there are so many things we have to pay attention to, to notice the gorilla that is God, that is there saying, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, but it is hard to pay attention to because there's so many other things we have to count, so many basketball passes to count that we miss it. Uh, a few weeks ago, we took a personal inventory during our Sunday service here called Spiritual Pathways, which is meant to expand your imagination of ways that prayer can look. Um, I'm going to put a QR code up on the screen here for us. If you did not participate in that, you can get the Spiritual Pathways inventory uh, that we have on our website by following this QR code. There's also paper versions here in the center. So if you go back where the bagels and donuts are here, uh, if you're in the theater, you can grab. Uh, it's a two-page thing uh, that's just on the on the table there, the Spiritual Pathways Inventory. I would encourage everybody to look at that if you haven't already. Um, there's, an, oh, there's also a kids version online too. We have a kids and families version, not just the adult version. We recommend it for kids at least 10 years old. And what I'm gonna do these next few Sundays as we talk about prayer is build on some of the prayer suggestions from the second half of that resource that we, uh, that we looked at together based on the little informal poll that we did uh, here on Sunday. It was just like, you know, what, what, uh, what, what are the pathways uh, to God that come most naturally to folks here? And, and I, I logged that and, uh, and that's, that's my inspiration. So today we're gonna talk about a practice that I'm calling acknowledging God in all things. So uh, Teal kind of got us thinking about this, of acknowledging God in art, for example, in music is a big one. In beauty, in nature, I think is a huge one for many people. Acknowledging God in an experience of just like, oh, oh my gosh, everything feels like it aligns. Everything in its right place. Like, ooh, yeah, ah, that's so, do you, do you ever have those like, uh, oh, maybe get goosebumps? I'll tell you about my experience of the, like that. Uh, those are moments that we can acknowledge God and see God in a moment. And this can be a practice. It can be something that we regularly do, that we teach ourselves to do uh, like instinctively and regularly and intentionally, and it can build in us a way to notice the gorilla. I'm reminded of one of um, Haley, our 
Connections pastor's favorite quotes that she often brings us to is from the poet Mary Oliver in her poem, Summer Day. And the quote is, I don't know exactly what a prayer is. I do know how to pay attention. That's a little bit of, uh, I, I love that because it, it, it's kind of, I mean, it's very poetic, right? Like I, I can even have a moment of acknowledging God reading a Mary Oliver poem, um, but she does know what prayer is because prayer is a lot about paying attention. I think that's the fun of it is that uh, we, paying attention is a big part of uh, many prayer practices, including what I'm going to be telling us about today, acknowledging God in all things. I'll give you more detailed instructions. Uh, if you want to practice, if you're, if you're like attached to what I'm talking about today, I'll give some more detailed instructions at the end. But basically what this is, is it looks like this. God, I see you in fill in the blank. That's it. Great. Okay, let's go home. Um, no, no, I'll tell you more about it. Um, the, uh, I want to I mention uh, our, our activity here in the middle for the kids is, is a little bit of building on this. God, I see you in. And so we have some examples from some of the things that the kids have done in kids' church that they're going to be um, uh, drawing their own pictures of, of God, I see you in. Um, but this is, this is the idea. It's God, I see you in, fill in the blank. Um, for many, my guess would be that acknowledging God in all things this way is best done in nature. So seeing God in the beauty of uh, a tree, a flower, uh, a deer crossing our path. I have a friend who tells a story about a deer crossing their path, and it is gripping and beautiful, and I'm not going to butcher it here. But it was like this moment of like, oh my God, like God sees me. Um, the, uh, the other little things that we might get in like nature, like a, a snapshot of life unfolding. Like we've had, we've had uh, um, uh, caterpillars, uh, like, you know, like a, a, a monarch butterfly lay eggs and then you see it go from egg to caterpillar and we're like, will it make it? Will it make it to butterfly? And like those little snapshots of that. It's like another way, oh my gosh, I see you God in that. Um, this is absolutely true for Kezia, my wife, who, uh, who welcomed us this morning. She would spend all day in our garden if it wasn't uh, for sunburn or uh, if uh, other responsibilities weren't in our lives. Um, but the interesting thing, this is not as an instinctive thing for me. Um, every time Kezia suggests that we take a walk as a family and, you know, like, go, go it's just, it doesn't have to be somewhere particularly beautiful, but, you know, along, along a path with some lovely nature to observe, I always drag my feet. I don't know why. I don't know why I always drag my feet. Because every time we do it, I say afterwards, I'm like, I'm really glad we did that. <laughs> it was great. Was so glad we took a walk, you know. I feel calmer. And I, I need to just like get with the program at this point and just be like, yes, walks, let's do it. Um, so, but even, that's interesting because it doesn't come as instinctually to me and yet I still get the benefit of it, right? That's kind of cool. Um, so walk in nature, I think, is a major way to help make sure that you are not missing the grill. And maybe that really works for you. Speaking of which, if you'd appreciate a meetup with others from Brown Line to uh, do a walk in nature, like if that does sound like, oh, that, that sounds really nice, uh, you can tell us in Discord right now or you can grab me after service and tell me because there is uh, a group of folks who are organizing that, kind of trying to do that regularly before this, uh, the weather gets cold. Uh, for me, acknowledging God in all things is a little bit more cerebral uh, so I feel like I most readily feel like, oh, I see God um, in ideas or in stories. That's, that's how it works for me. And so maybe, that, maybe that's how it works for you. I, something that strikes me as brilliant or beautiful that, that I'm thinking about. Um, so I regularly feel this watching shows or movies that I think say something profound, right? This is, this is actually something, again, that our, our kids' church uh, has been getting practice with uh, regularly. We make connections. Uh, right now this year, they've been making connections between the God that Jesus shows humanity and the show Avatar The Last Airbender, which is one of the best cartoons ever made. Uh, and 
and it's awesome. And, and, that, and so they're getting that practice of acknowledging God in this random show that it supposedly has nothing to do with God, and yet you can have this powerful experience of like, oh my gosh, I see God by watching this. Um, or I think of um, an instance of this for me um, several years ago is I, I was walking up Kedzie Avenue uh, up by our ha- uh, where we live in Westridge uh, to run an errand, and I was listening on my headphones to a lecture on, uh, I'm just, I'm, guys, just, I'm a nerd, I'm in touch with this, I say this regularly, so just deal with it. I was listening to a lecture on metaphysics. Does anybody know what metaphysics is? It's like the assumptions behind the things that we believe. Why, why, how, how are God and the world related? Why do things happen the way they happen? This stuff gets me out of the bed this morning, in the morning. I, I love this stuff. So I'm listening to a lecture on metaphysics because I'm a nerd, and I got goosebumps while I was doing it. I felt like taken up out of myself as I'm listening to something that made so much sense, that grabbed me, that was like, oh, I love that. Yes. Like, oh, oh, man, that, that really says it. Thank you, God, for this. Thank you. It was just, I really, I felt like not all of life is flat ordinariness because this was a moment of like truly feeling like, oh, it's beautiful. Everything is so beautiful in that moment. And I'm listening on my headphones and my walk on Kedzie Avenue. Even now, after that experience, I, I passed that spot, the buildings that I was walking past when I was listening to this random lecture uh, in my headphones on Kedzie. Every time I pass those buildings, I go back to that memory. I was like, oh yeah, I get a little bit of more of like a, that was, oh man, yeah, life is okay. Things are beautiful. The world is in God's hands. Like, there's just like this moment and that, that stays with me now. And every time I see that, I go back to it. So I wonder, okay, this is me. I'm talking about nature. That's, that's, that's like, that's like Kezi. What is it for you? Where is it that you have these moments of, yes, it's so elegant. Oh, it's so beautiful. Yes, thank you, God. Or like, oh, I see something just like this, this is not, this is not just flat ordinariness. This is, this is transcendent. This is amazing. I wonder where you get that. Is it art? Like we were, like, like Teal's asking us this morning. Is it, is it music? Is it nature? Is it ideas? Is it stories? Is it creativity? Is it, is it like the perfectly framed shot and you just want to get out your camera and take a, take a picture because you love photography? Is it, is it, is it poetry? We read, we read a, the, a line from Mary Oliver, this, this famous American poet. Is it, is it architecture? Is it the cuteness of a baby? Yeah? It could be anything, right? Where you just, ah, God, I see you in this. The, the, it's interesting. While it is hard in modern life to pay attention to the transcendent because there's all, the thi- all these things we do have to pay attention to, it's also a little bit instinctual still to do it. Even though it's hard, there's something that just like taps into us because we do all have things that grab us, Right? We all have things that we look around and it just immediately like, oh, man, ooh, goosebumps, that was nice, yeah, what a... It's like tapping into a longing or a memory that we'd just forgotten we had, yeah? We have that. So this prayer practice, this has a long history in the Christian tradition, this kind of thing of acknowledging God in anything. God, I see you in this thing, or God, I see you in this moment, or God, I see you in this, this, this object or this idea. This is a long history. It's beautifully represented all over the Hebrew Bible or the, and, and the New Testament. So I've got a, I've got a, like a, a little survey of things in uh, the scriptures here for us. There we go. Um, in the Genesis creation story, uh, God creatively gives uh, God's own life to all things and then calls them 
good, right? We're familiar with this, yeah? In Psalm 139, which is something we recently visited as a church, we talked about the first movement of the psalm, which muses on there being no place we can go that is not shot through with God's presence. And it's, there's no place we could go. God is everywhere. Where could I go to, to, to be away from you? There's no place I could go. In Luke 17, Jesus teaches that God's influence and presence wasn't something that was like far off that we would observe coming to us, but it was something already in our midst, within us. The kingdom of God is within you. It's not something that you would have to, you know, look around and say, oh, look there, it's coming. It's within us. It's all around. It's in our midst already. Or St. Paul spoke of the God in whom we live and move and have our being. Love that phrase. Such a beautiful phrase. The God in whom we live and move and have our being. Or the God who is before all things and holds all things together. There's uh, probably the best um, historical example of someone who uh, really was attached to these sorts of scriptures uh, was uh, St. Francis. There we go. Um, St. Francis of Assisi, who famously found God and spoke to God through animals and through the sun and through the moon and through nature, uh, all things. The, um, the, The lyrics from this song that we sang this morning, Brother Sun... Sister Moon. Those are lyrics that St. Francis wrote hundreds of years ago. And we've just kind of, you know, translated. They've been used in lots of different songs. Or the, the old hymn, uh, the old Christian hymn, All Creatures of Our God and King, is a St. Francis uh, poem. And uh, evidently, St. Francis would continue writing stanzas to that poem uh, his entire life. And so there's, there, I think, like, most, most churches would only sing, like, three or four uh, verses of that, but there's like a hundred or something in his diaries. Um, so all cra- like St. Francis was obsessed with finding God in all things. I love that. So this kind of prayer is unfortunately not very well represented in our modern Western version of Christianity of the last 500 years. I wonder, I wonder if you've ever, if you've spent time in churches, if you've ever heard uh, unpacked this type of prayer really carefully or like talking about it as a historic thing. It, sometimes people are like even skeptical of this type of prayer because it's not very well represented in the last 500 years. There's uh, the, really, the reason for that is because new kind of conceptions of the way God and the world are related have become more dominant. And so we don't really think the way St. Francis thinks. We don't really think the way these scriptures think, where it's like, there's no place we could go where God is not right next to me. We, we, we think differently now. Things have changed. There's a, there's a visual I can show you all that has helped me think about this. This is, um, this, uh, there's, uh, we're going to talk about different ways to view the relationship between God and the universe. So what I'm pitching here, and the view that's represented in these scriptures that we just talked about, and in St. Francis, is called panentheism, okay, on, on, on the far left there for you, which translates literally to God in all things, or all things in God. This is, this is the view that we were just, that we were just talking about. If I, I, no matter where I look, no matter what I engage, I might experience God there because there's this sort of overlap. 
Um, panentheism is distinct from another view with a similar name, uh, but it's different in a key way. That's called pantheism. And this is the view that God is the universe and the universe is God. The N in panentheism is what makes them different, right? In, uh, and, uh, and so panentheism, the different thing is we distinguish between God and the universe, but they overlap and they're not the exact same thing. And then there are these more recent modern concepts, and this is kind of what we believe today, which was why it feels so hard to acknowledge God in all things, why it feels so hard to notice the gorilla, because really what most of us have been formed to believe is something more like theism or deism. I'm going to speak in really broad brushstrokes, so this is, this is overstating it, but, but for the sake of like being as simple as possible, theism is what many evangelical Christians are likely to be formed to believe. So that means like God is apart from the world, but occasionally breaks in, like breaks the usual rules and intervenes in the universe. That's, that's the arrow in theism, okay? And then deism is what many mainline Protestants or Catholic Christians are likely to be formed to believe. And this is the idea of like a clockmaker God that like in, made the universe, set it in motion, but now is not involved. And, and so that, that's overstating it. That's not necessarily true. But what I, all this to say, what I really recommend is that first one, panentheism. I think it makes the most sense of our goosebump experiences, right? Oh my gosh, something, something, something other, uh, like other than me is happening here. Whoa, God, you know, like I say it as a joke, but like, honestly, like, wow, that was powerful or that was meaningful or that was something other, like I didn't manufacture that for myself, right? I think it makes the most sense of those experiences. I think it most closely aligns, um, that idea of the overlap panentheism, it most closely aligns with the God that Jesus shows humanity. And I just don't think a distant God is very it, like worthy of worship. Like I'm not, even one who intervenes from time to time, it's just like I'm much more uh, captivated by a God that is here with me all around all the time, right to my left, right to my right, you know? That just moves me in a, in a different way. So, I told you I would give you a little bit, like, quick instruction on how to do this. If, if, this, if, you're, if, you're, if you're attracted to this type of prayer, acknowledging God in all things, my instruction is to try addressing God as a person as you do this. God, I see you in fill in the blank. Rather than just a general statement of wonder or awe, like, wow, that was amazing. Those are great. Those are good things. Neuroscience would show us that that does awesome things for our brain. It is very good for us. But what I'm suggesting is that you actually personalize it. Make it like, God, I see you. You're, you're speaking to God. You're personally addressing God. Uh, you don't have to say it out loud. You can just do that in your like internal dialogue. However, if you're a parent, I would recommend trying uh, saying this out loud with your kids uh, to model it for them. Like you model it on a walk or at the dinner table or after watching a movie or a show where you like had goosebumps. Like, oh God, I really saw you in that scene from this show that we just watched together. For some of us, this will feel weird. Okay, I'm gonna like if you are somebody who's like. It feels kind of weird to personalize it, to say, God, I see you. And I would much, I feel much safer doing the whole like, well, that was, that was wonderful, or that was amazing, or oh, how awesome. Uh, it is totally okay if it feels weird to personalize it. God, I see you in. Because again, it feels weird because we have so much to pay attention to 
as modern people that it is really easy to forget that there might be some sort of transcendent reality out there. There might be some sort of God we can personally address, let alone embrace that, right? It's, e it's easy to forget it even exists. And so I am suggesting that we kind of push through that. We give it a try. God, I see you, and even if it feels a little bit weird, that's okay, we can do weird. Lean into those goosebump moments, personalize your acknowledgement of them or your gratitude for them. God, thank you for, God, I see you in. And what I find when I do this is that it becomes so much more than just like a nice appreciation for something that's natural or material or cultural. It, it, it's not just something that's natural or material or cultural. It's something that's transcendent. I'm meeting with a God who is other than me and there mediating that experience for me, bringing this beautiful thing to me and saying, look, Vince, doesn't this animate you? Doesn't this excite you? Doesn't this take you out of your you know, normal, boring life? And I said, God, it does. Thank you so much. And so that's the idea. Yeah, like, does anybody have a friend who um, like, looks at other people when they laugh? Anybody have a friend who does this? Like they're, they're not satisfied with like, when, when something is funny, they cannot laugh to themselves. They're like, isn't this hilarious? You know, they insist that you laugh with them. I knew a guy once who would do this, and we would make fun of him mercilessly. But it was also great because he understood that, like, laughter is just a vehicle for connection, right? What, what do we really want? We really want that connection. And so he's turning. He's looking for the connection. And so it was great. It was an awesome thing. The awe and wonder, those are just vehicles for connection. Awe and wonder are awesome, but... They're just vehicles for connection. And so, that, so I'm, I'm encouraging to personalize it so you can have that connection with God who's mediating that experience for someone. And then after, my last instruction is to tell someone about when you, when you have a moment, like if you have goosebumps or you just like, you have this moment and you're like trying it out, God, I see you in. Uh, tell somebody who you can open up with about transcendent experience. Tell someone afterward. Just like uh, talk about it. Like, oh, I had this experience. It was really cool. Another thing from neuroscience that I've learned is that it telling someone about a memory, seeing their face like react to what you are telling them, hearing them like be like, "Wow, cool!" You're like you 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 taking in that feedback actually makes the it, it, it like it uh, it uh, they start, talk about in neuroscience. It's like a neural pathways. It runs the pathway again so that the memory becomes more impactful to you. You can remember it and recall it and all of the emotion that came with it more readily when you tell somebody else and see them give you feedback as you talk about it. Uh, this is why I can remember that experience on Kedzie Avenue because I told a friend about it afterwards. I said, can I tell you about this experience? I feel like I, I like met God and it was so dorky, but I love it. Can I tell you about it? And they were like, oh, sure, tell me, tell me about it. And now I can remember. Every time I go by those buildings on Kedzie Avenue, I go back to that memory. So I wonder what you think about this practice. This is my first practice that I will recommend uh, for us this August. We'll have a couple more. Um, I, wonder, I wonder how you feel about the idea of, you know, like we're, we're trying to, in that, that, that day in, day out, just exhausting, pressuring experience, if we can, if there is a gorilla walking through the frame and, you know, beating its chest, that we can notice and experience something different than that exhausting pressure if we don't get so focused on all the passes that we need to count in life. I'm wondering if that's possible for us. I'm wondering if we can try this acknowledging God in all things and if that might stir up some something different, some compassion and resilience for us, some 
uh, sanity, some like attachment to our higher values. I, I mentioned before, I think that one of the one of the hardest things about our experience of this pressury, exhausting life is that the the things that feel that we feel most passionate about end up becoming things that just tire us out, not things that get us up in the morning. And this can be a way to tune ourselves to practice ways where that energy tank doesn't get sapped, where we are experiencing the God who says, come to me all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. All right, uh, let me pray for us uh, right now in this space as we're here. So if you want to get comfortable in your seat, I'm going to pray for us. All right, God, we, um, we are those people who walk around in lives that include so many things we must pay attention to. We are those people who maybe it feels a little bit weird for us to even say something, even internally, not even out loud, God, I see you in, because it's so easy to forget to pray. It's so easy to forget to consider this whole, like, we can interact with the God of the universe, a God of love who wants, to, who wants to be in our lives, who wants to walk through the frame and say, here I am, look at me. But it's so easy to forget. We're not bad people if we forget. Oh God, we're not bad people. You understand, you see the modern life that we live and all the demands that we hold and you want to lighten our burden. You want to look at us and say, oh, you're heavy laden, you're burdened, you're exhausted, you're carrying all those demands, you're curating your image and you're tired of it. I will give you rest. So God, we, we long to experience that. And would you tune our eyes and our minds to find you in the day-to-day? To find you, whether it is nature that grabs us. What's, what's those things that most naturally grab us? Is it nature? Help us to take a walk this week. Is it a story? Is it an idea? Are you a little bit like Vince and you're, you're, you're a card-carrying nerd? We welcome all of the awesome ideas and thoughts and things that might direct us your way and give us an experience of like, God is with me. Is it in, is it in our pets? Is there something like boy, we just have some pet lovers in this church. And that, can we, like St. Francis, experience God through those animals that are always around us? What a gift that would be. Is it something else? Is it some other experience of beauty or you know, art or creation or, or, or whatever it is? We just, we look to those things now to pull us out of the ordinary and into a reminder that we, we, we have a connection with a God of love, a God of justice, a God of higher things that doesn't seek to, you know, pummel us into the ground with yet another list of demands we have to meet, but that is trying to cajole us, to move us into something much more meaningful and much more impactful to those around us, especially the poor. That this would, that this would, would animate us, that our experiences of finding you in in the everyday would remind us that we can choose to see those who are forgotten in our world and not just, you know, go with the flow. 
Would we experience these things today? Uh, for the rest of the Sunday, would we experience these things all week? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.